Hey, Tommy from the Run Testers, and welcome to the Run Testers podcast. This one is slightly different than that other episodes because this isn't our monthly podcast where we talk about all the stuff that we've been testing. This is a new series that we're doing where we speak to other people in the world of running shoe testing. So the first one of those that we're going to have on is Ed Budd, a man that you're probably well aware of if you're a fan of YouTube running shoe reviews. He's going to be speaking to me about loads of different things from his favorite running shoe rotations, the sort of foam he likes, to what he thinks is going to happen in the world of running shoes in the next year or so. So let's jump in and have a chat. So, Ed, welcome to the podcast. You're the first guest we're having on from the, the world of shoe tubers, I suppose we'd, we'd, we'd call ourselves. Very privileged. Thank you for having me today. It's very exciting. Up here in the new studio here as well. So it's kind of, it's all new things happening. It's great. Yeah, it's looking nice. You're in, you're in a completely new room now for uh, your, your long-time fans. Yeah, a new room, lots more room, so I, I can get more shoes. And also I've got better access to all my sort of CDs and vinyl and everything, so I can, everything's just going to be a bit easier, really. And I'm uh, I'm out of the way, and most important, my wife is much happier now. With What's everything. happening with the other room? Um, I think my daughter's probably going to head in there, and then we've moved down from here, so this used to sort of be my, my, my bedroom, but now mm. it's the... The shoe sanctum. Oh, That's the well, new the new name. I've just decided that. Just I'll, just that second. Look forward to the launch video on the channel. It's it's out it's out there now, I think. It's out out there on the web somewhere. You'll be able to find it. People will know where it is. <laughs> well, uh for listeners of the Run Testers podcast, which is what this is, if you hadn't heard of Ed, and you I imagine you probably have since you spend a lot of time looking on uh, YouTube for shoe videos, Ed's a YouTube presenter channel of what's what's the channel called it's just ed bud channel ed bud running shoe reviews but uh, i think you could probably sort of change it to sort of ed bud and people probably know what's what they're going to get then they know what they're going to get yeah you've built a brand haven't you people know what they're expecting from you (laughs) something like that (laughs) well this 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 series is designed to we're going to be speaking to various people in the world of running from basically people who review shoes to just people who have things to say in the world of running. So what we're just going to, we're just going to chat through a few key questions uh, awesome. and try and get a bit of insight into your views around running shoes, the world of running. Loads of other Sounds bits and pieces good, Tom. as well. Sounds good. So no, no holes barred. Don't, uh, don't hold back. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's kick off when with nice, easy one. How did you get into running Ed? Um, I've always been into running since sort of school, really. Um, I can remember doing some track events. Um, I was always like the, the 100 or 200 meter man. I think just because I had long legs, really. And I was I was pretty fit. I've always maintained my fitness, uh, even through the sort of rock and roll days and the going to bed very, very late days. I've always tried to sort of keep fit. Um, but then got back into running, really, um, and, you know, wanted to sort of do it more and I've always sort of been a bit of a sneakerhead, really, since I was about eight or nine, chopping out bits of, you know, uh, magazines and brochures and things like that, uh, making collages of shoes, drawing them as well when I was little. Okay. Um, so it's those two things have kind of amalgamated in the middle, I guess. Yeah, but getting back into running, really, round about seven years ago, that was when I thought, right, I want to I wanna actually go, oh, let's do a race. You know, there's races here. Oh, I didn't realize that was going on. And um, yeah, I think the the shoes kind of and the sneakers kind of met in the middle somewhere. I think that's, I think that's what happened. Although I, I don't really recall much of the last four years, it's just gone like it's just disappeared. Yeah. Um, well, you've done plenty of running in the last 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 few years. Oh, yeah, yeah, plenty of running. That's kind of why I leave these up. Actually, um, in some of the early races where I where I started racing, and it just makes you humble you you remember where you've come from and where you are now and the progress you've made i think it's easy to forget that sometimes you know yeah. we think oh it was hard out there today or something you know maybe i'm going backwards when actually you're not really at all you you've got you've made a huge improvement over your fitness and your times and things it's easy to forget that sometimes yes yeah no, i can i completely agree I, I like looking back through my old instagram post from about seven years ago and being pr- proud of a, a pb i got and then yeah. uh, yeah, I've completely forgotten about because I'm so focused on my new ones. 
Yeah, this yeah. is it. You've got to remember where you've come from. I think that's always important in life, isn't it? It's a good motivator as well. You know, mm. you're always some, making some progress or gaining some experience at least. Yeah. All right. That's that's enough. That's enough about how you got into it. Let's let's jump straight into the shoes. That's what the people want to hear about. This is a question that I, I think about this one, and I remember my first one. But what was the first running shoe you just you just remember being blown away by? You like you, you got a new shoe, and suddenly you, you put it on, and and the world changed for you. I can remember heading into work one Thursday morning, and there was a rumor that the Vaporfly four percent, the Flyknit version, was gonna like they. I don't know if it was the initial drop. I, I don't think it was. I think it was like the the sort of second drop. And I remember being able to get a pair of those and they had like a 20% off thing if you bought three items. So, of course, you put a couple of pairs of socks in, in the basket to, you know, to get the discount and managing to get them. And I remember putting them on and just thinking, oh, my God, you know, this is completely something completely different to everything else that I've tried, everything else that I've got. But the major problem, obviously, with that shoe was you wore them a couple of times and already you looked on the bottom and the durability was just absolute trash. No one can tell me that they weren't. They just started disintegrating, you know, as soon as you wore them, especially in the wet conditions as well. Uh, Zumex stuff, the early ones just weren't up to up to UK weather, that's for sure. You know, yesterday it was like bone dry. Today it's absolutely chucking it down out there. It's really wet. And you you wore those out there. They were finished, you know, within no time at all. You had the bits peeling off the bottom. And I always remember this sort of almost like a suction pad style thing was going on. Every time you put a bit of pressure on, um, the water would sort of get in and sort of cause this sort of weird noise to occur. I remember trashing a pair of those doing this, uh, this race out in Wellington, this monument race, which part of it, which I didn't realize was on some mud and like a sort of like light trail. And yeah, they, they just absolutely lacerated the bottoms. But yes. they were the first shoe. When you put them on, you you go for it all out. And they were something out of this world, completely different. Yeah, I, I imagine uh, that's probably the same for a lot of people. When that, that shoe came in, it was, uh, it was groundbreaking against all the other ones out there. Have you still, have you still got them? I do still have that pair uh, somewhere. There's a load of shoe glue on the bottom to kind of hold them together. Um, but the upper was really, really great as well, that Flyknit stuff. Why they haven't persisted with that, I've no idea. Um, yeah. They've sort of gone for these engineered meshes and these sort of light, you know, sort of weaves and things. But that Flyknit was brilliant. It's like a sock, really, you know. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never used it. Never used that shoe. Have you not? No, I've, I, I remember one black friday sale they were in the black friday sale probably a similar time when you you picked them up and i think they were, they were going for like 120 quid or something like that and for some reason i i didn't buy them and then and then after then they just, just disappeared and never yeah let's try them yeah this this i know they had a few um issues with production and stuff like that they were really limited for a while really hard to get hold of yeah and you had loads of pairs knocking around like on stock x and goat and things like that but yeah, that's a great shoe. I did get a pair of the Gakuso version of that, yeah. um, which was this like, um, it was kind of a redesign, really. You had like a counter, but it was on the outside of the shoe. So, of course, everybody's doing that now. But yeah, that's a, that was a great shoe. That was a really good version of that one. But again, you you know, if you get to 100, 150 miles and they're still reasonable, you've done okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Okay, well, that's uh, well, that's the first what, first pick we've had from the series so interesting awesome. if that one comes up again i'm sure it is going to come up a few more times all right then so let's uh, look at from that first shoe to let's go for now what what are your current favorite shoes at the moment oh god blimey that's a and, you, and you can only have maximum of three oh. <laughs> we'll be here all day right what am i really enjoying now uh probably the um deviate nitro too uh, the elite two i'm loving this one i'm saving these back for for racing really but the other pair i've got i'm loving those for everything like you just put them on and you don't have to have to think you know sometimes if you're just going out just to you've got no session in mind um, and it will just work if you want to do faster stuff if you want to do something slower long runs everything it just it just works it's, it works a treat so that would certainly be up there 
Um, I've still got it in the rotation. It's coming up to about 150 miles on it now, but the Primax strung. I mm. really love that shoe. Everything about it, really. It does feel, though, with Light Strike Pro, you need to use it a little bit to kind of almost... It's kind of like uh, meat, where you've got the meat tenderizer. You've got to kind of beat the shoe up a little bit, and it starts to feel better and better, and it kind of frees up a little bit. So that'll probably be in there. Um, what else have I really enjoyed using? I've got to be honest, the Invincible Run 3. That's been a great mm-hmm. shoe for me. Interesting. Yeah. Um, easy recovery stuff. I don't really like running daily miles. It's just too soft and squashy for me for that. I know some people love it for like long runs as well, but yeah, for me, it feels like I'm putting loads of energy in, but not really getting an awful lot back from it. But yeah, yeah. if there's days where my legs just feel dead and I want to try and get out the door and do something uh, just to just to keep things going, almost for mental health, really, um, that'll be the shoe I probably go for. So yeah, I'll say those three and I'll probably retire in the Invincible run now. It's just loads of other stuff I want to try and get through. But yeah, that'll be my that'll be my three for the moment. Good picks, good picks. I'd say exactly the same thing about the Invincible. That you, I always say, in uh, it's, a, it's a tricky shoe to pinpoint because if you were going to buy a cushion shoe, I wouldn't buy that shoe as like my go-to cushion shoe because you can't use it for anything else. So yeah, yeah I, I, I find it a tricky one. For, for certain people, it just works and it's exactly what they need. But for people who just want a cushion shoe to do long runs and stuff, and they generally get it and go, uh, I'd still rather wear my. Know, new balance more v4s or something like that just a little bit more to those shoes yeah um, that more v4 keeps cropping up all the time i get so many people asking me about that one it's just not one i've really oh, looked at still my favorite favorite shoe oh really yeah. okay absolutely love it what is it you love about it tom what's what what makes it what makes it a, so good just a great balance it's just it's not too soft it's got a nice little bit of rocking action in it it just it just feels very efficient. It's the sort of shoe that you just whatever you're doing, as long as you're not going out to do a uh, you know a speed session or something. If I'm going out and I know I've got to do an hour, an hour and a half, and it's you know comfortable, I always want that shoe. Okay. Um, yeah. Did you yeah. try the SC trainer? The, yes, uh, I've got the SC trainer. Yeah. What did you What did you make of that one? A funny old shoe, the SC trainer. It's it's sort of uh, I remember putting it on first. I was training for chicago at the time so i was doing a lot of like longer sort of tempo runs and stuff and i wasn't quite sure what to use it for but i'm putting it on and thinking for the first like 15k this is great i'm loving this this is this runs really enjoyable and then after that it started to just started to feel a little bit clunky and a little bit like i was i'd lost that feeling by about 15 to 20k um i don't have you have you tried that I've got it, yeah, and and I think I've got exactly the same feelings um, as you about that one. It felt really great uh, initially, and then I think the the foam itself, um, fuel cell, is just so soft that I think it just starts to compress too much, and then it just becomes a bit of a chore almost. It just mm. like, and you're thinking this has got like some carbon plate in it or something. Yeah, am I have I really got that underfoot? And then it just felt like any other sort of she really I, I yeah just sort of quickly diminished that one it's not yeah. one i i think oh i really want to go for that today that's that's the shoe i want to wear yeah i, I just haven't had that at all in, in the uh, su trainer There's too many calm plates and shoes these days isn't there when you don't need them yeah sometimes you just think to yourself why is this here you know is it needed is it yeah. even i often think about that with the zoom fly series i don't know if you've tried many of those um but i've tried, I've tried one of them not not any recent ones yeah, I, I had the Zoomfly fly in it. That was fantastic. That was a great shoe. But I'm convinced they've changed the React formula or something since then. And three, four, and five were, have just been total clunkers. You know, they're just really not pleasant. And if anything, Nike lack that training partner shoe. You know, why don't they just make a React and Zoom X shoe with a, you know, like a plastic plate in it? And, you know, yeah. this, year, this year budget Vaporfly. But, you know. Yeah, it's tricky. Nike tend to do that quite a lot, don't they? They, uh, they? they have a shoe that they don't really do anything with for a long time yeah. and just keep releasing it. And then another shoe they're actually doing loads to and and the, you just get these old on forgotten ones. But yeah, definitely yeah. didn't fly. Uh, well, they did try it a bit, didn't they, with a tempo next percent, but then they left that completely. I'm sure, I don't know. They're going to yeah. go, go back to that. That's, they're still knocking out new colorways of it now as well. That's, that's like three years later or something. It's bizarre. Like, yeah. I quite like that shoe, but I don't see him making another one. I'd be I'd be blown away if they came out with another tempo 
next percent or whatever it is now yeah. it's they've changed the name of it even it's the nike tempo now or something they make some they make some very strange decisions at nike they just sort of uh you know they'll go with go where the wind blows and then forget about the other bits and pieces whereas yeah. lots of other brands will all we just talked about the the Kimbara range some brands are just so consistent with sort of keep yeah. releasing the same shoes but just keep yeah. knocking it out but yeah it's it's odd um it does make you wonder whether the the sort of the race and the sort of everyday trainer teams at nike are sort of connected in some way or they yeah. just kind of do their own thing they're completely sort of isolated from each other yeah. it's very strange well that's uh, the the next question it leads on quite nicely from that one and i know it's we we, we, we both went to boston recently to, to head, head over and chat to some of the guys over at puma um and i think we spoke about this when we we're over there uh but what is your favorite foam how easy is that to answer? Ooh, I think over over a sort of long period of time, I've really grown to like Light Strike Pro. Mm. But then again, I look at my times and my sort of performances. I kind of like running in it, but I'm not sure it gets the best out of me. I, I really don't. I don't think anybody that's tried the Vaporfly or perhaps even the Alphafly can say that it, you know, there's a few people that it hasn't worked for, but I know some of my best performances are, are in the, the Vaporfly. Yeah, then the the next percent, the next percent two. I'm not absolutely dead set on the three yet for a few reasons, really. But yeah, I I think as a race phone for for racing, you know, Zmax, it's it takes some beating, doesn't it? Really, it really does. So it's hard not to not to go with that as a foam. I enjoy on a sort of more daily basis. At the moment, I'm really liking the the nitro stuff in the puma shoes there's just so many different sort of versions and variants and they all seem to do something different but you can kind of understand why they've used certain versions in different shoes yeah. whereas in with other brands um i won't name any but with other brands there there's just total confusion about what a shoe should be used for and it just makes it confusing and i think sometimes where you know we're sort of nerding out on all this stuff if we can't figure it out then the average person on the street that just wants to buy a running shoe probably isn't going to figure it out either. So yeah. it's a little bit like one of those interfaces you get on something. If if like an IT technician can't figure it out, then Mrs. Muggins, you know, on a tablet at home isn't going to be able to do it, you know. So yeah. Yeah. it feels a bit like that. But yeah, ZoomX, ZoomX for racing, but I'm very tempted to use the um, Devate Nitro Elite 2 for Bristol. So okay. I might go with that because it just feels comfortable and, I can remember at some point running the Bristol half before and I wasn't feeling that comfortable in another shoe. So <laughs> All right, I'll ask you about that afterwards. I did see your video recently, yeah. actually, with the uh, with the Vaporfly, the three yeah. and, the, and the rubber. That's caused quite a stir, <laughs> that video. There's been a lot of people talking about that. I know. I, it's, it's a tricky one, that one. I, I um, To listeners who haven't seen my video, my the bottom of my... Vaporfly 3s came off the first 10K of uh, uh, the outsole came off in the first 10K of a half marathon I was doing and just, just completely tore off. Now, I can I can sort of accept that that may happen on shoes occasionally. There's, you know, there's manufacturing faults. There's, there's you know, there's there's concerns about, you know, the, the things might happen to to the occasional shoe. But what I, what I found quite a bit is that people are still sort of, debating on what that actually means so some people are just going oh it's just a manufacturing fault but because it's a new shoe if i saw that i would think well i'm going to hold off a little bit now because they've they've changed the outsole they've made it thinner is this is this a result of that and that never happens to me in any of the shoes so um yeah i really want to get hold of another pair of those just to see if it happens again because that would be pretty conclusive yeah i noticed the big sort of thing that the major difference really um in this version is that additional rubber it stretches back a little bit further but then the problems i've always seen in the vaporfly and this is people that are like you know forefoot strikers midfoot rear whatever um it's always that area of the zoomax where the rubber connects with it it just seems to loosen up and yeah it does happen i've seen it happen many times over the last few years with the vaporfly and it only seems to be that shoe yeah interesting well, yeah, I've not, I've not, I've been waiting for people to to come back in the comments and say, "Oh, this happened to me," but nobody said it yet. So, yeah, it might be, might not be a common thing to happen. But I never have any issues with bits of shoes coming off. I've got a pretty simple yeah. midfoot strike. So, uh, yeah, this is it. I think maybe just yeah, dodgy glue or something. It could be. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, I've not seen any others yet. Mine, mine are looking okay. Mm, good. But... All right then. Um, so this is a tricky question for you. Uh, I, I, when I thought of this question, I've, I've got a, a list of things that I could throw into this, but give us one of the, the most infuriating running shoe design features that, that, that brands have done or do frequently. There's, there's two um, that spring to mind, I think. I, I really can't stand pull tabs. I just like, I, and sometimes you get two, you know, you get one on the tongue and then there's one on the heel. I, I always sort of, you know, untie my shoes, loosen them off and, you know, take my foot out of them. When I, when I want to put them back on, I, I just, you know, cinch them up again. Cause I'm always thinking to myself, well, not every sock that I've got is the same thickness. And sometimes I'm running in the morning where my foot's going to not be as swollen Sometimes I'm running in the evening where it's going to be a little bit more swollen. Why would I just leave it, you know, tied up? Yeah. So why do I need to have these pull tabs here? I'm not, there's only two shoes really that I've had problems trying to get on. Actually, that's one of them up there, the Alpha Fly uh, 2. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty tough getting that shoe on. And then the other one, I think it's probably like the Rocket X 2 recently. Mm-hmm. It springs to mind, but there's no pull tabs on that as far as I'm aware. I don't think there is. So, yeah, I I just don't get it. I, I, I know some people love them. You know, they, they, they're like, oh, yeah, it's got a pull tab. This is a great feature. And it's like, okay, well, if, if, that, <laughs> if, that's, if that's something you want, yeah. fantastic. But I don't see the point. Other bit, I know we did talk about this when we were over in Boston, was about those little reflective pieces oh, that you get on shoes. Yeah. And um, I can remember um, somebody did mention, you know, in a comment, they said, well, you know, that reflective piece, it could save your life. And I'm thinking... If you wear a high vis jacket or a headlamp, yeah, surely that's going to be a better option. You know, if you're running very early morning or like during the night or something, I think that's going to be a better option. So yeah. reflective bits, they just seem to be irritating and they always put them in really odd places where you don't want something. It's going to like rub against your foot or, yeah, yeah it's just not a selling feature, I don't think. Unless you're making like a shield, you know, uh, water repellent or sort of water resistant shoe. Yeah. I, I just don't really think it's a. It's just not needed. You know? Yeah, there's no. So those are the, probably the two things. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're running around at night and then there's a car driving up the street and it just sees a little flickering light on the floor, it's probably going to yeah. do more harm than good because you don't know what it is. You might swerve or something. It, it's you know if if you're going to run around at night, don't don't rely on a small reflective letter. Yeah. On your shoes, it's always it's like a marketing thing, isn't it? Like it's just something else to add to. The bullet points on a, on a on a running shoe website, but yeah, I'm, it always gets me. And it, with same with clothes as well. Little oh, there's reflective detailing on the on the jacket. Yeah, it's a small logo on the back. That's yeah, that's probably not going to help you. There's a chap um, I see in the mornings, uh, and he wears this. It's the most reflective jacket that I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what it's made out of, but when your headlamp hits it, you can see this guy like hundreds of meters away. As he's coming towards you, you know, it's the most reflective thing ever. So, yeah, I think uh, running shoe brands or, you know, apparel brands, if you're going to make something, do it like that. Because, you know, then we can all walk around and we'll look like Cybermen. And that, that's that's exactly what you need, you know, to stay safe out there yeah. is to, to, to be a Cyberman. I'm all for the yeah. Cyberman look. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. It's the, well, it's the look of the future <laughs> or the past. Or, or what? All right, let's, 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 I'm going to ramp things up a bit now. We've, we Okey talked dokey. about a few of these bits, but if you were to design, I've called this the Frankenstein shoe, the Frankenstein shoe. So basically, if you could design a shoe from all of different elements from different shoes, what are you going to add into this shoe? What does it What does it look like from all the different brands? I'm trying to go straight off the bat here, like rather than thinking about it too much. You know, it's like if you think too much, then you go down other avenues. Yep. Upper wise, I would just go with the the Flyknit that we used to have on the the Nike. Some like what. 2018 2019 that was fantastic really durable it was easy to wash it uh, to clean it if you wanted to if it got really mucky it was just really form fitting that's what i go for on the upper mm-hmm. oh for the um it's like a groan then god for the midsole if i had to go for i don't know you gotta go like a combination or something let's, let's, let's say that the shoe we're going for is like a daily shoe because it might a daily shoe. daily shoe, so you want something that sort of ticks a few boxes. I mean, it's, if we did this for you know a Frankenstein race shoe, it'd probably be very different than a Frankenstein. Um, oh yeah, easy day cushion shoe. Let's do just a daily shoe that ticks a lot of boxes. Daily shoe, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'd probably go 
with a bit of a layer of nitro and then a layer of Zumex. So you're going something like the old Pegasus Turbo. Mm-hmm. So we got you know you've got a bit of best of both worlds there, and then yeah, combo of Puma Grip and Continental on the on the bottom. That would do it. I, I had a feeling that Puma Grip was going to crop up in in these. Oh, it's good stuff, man. You know it as well. You know how good that stuff is. Oh. What is in it? He wouldn't tell me. Todd wouldn't tell me. I asked him. He he, he was he was not forthcoming. Yeah, if they... he didn't want to go off the record. Yeah, it's one of the things. <laughs> if, if if Puma ever changes that that outsole, there's going to be there's there's going to be people upset. It's just, it's just, it's got something else about it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not actually hugely different from anything else. I did see a mock-up the other day. Oh, I don't know if it's a mock-up. It might have been a leaked image of that new. Is it the Ultra Fly? That new Nike Trail shoe. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. But with a Vibram outsole, and I mean that that caused a lot, a big stir. Like what? You know, this surely must be a custom job or something like that. But that would be interesting to see if Nike do that because. The outsoles on their trail shoes have left something to be desired. That's the nice way to say it. Uh, yes, I know what you're saying. All right, so we've got your Frankenstein shoe. We're talking mainly about shoes in this, but let's just throw in something a little bit different. I think everyone's got one of these. What's your favourite go-to running accessory that you can't live without? It could be a type of accessory or it could be a very specific accessory that you use all the time yeah that's a good one um really good question so with gps watches i've got the most bony wrists going i've just they just heart rate doesn't work well from this i don't i'm not sort of um like a prisoner of heart rate or anything that's a bizarre sort of way to put it but um i do use it often you know just to check my effort level really you know am i running at the sort of effort that i wanted to in a certain session and coming off the uh, wrist here, it's just useless sometimes. I can't get a reasonable reading, especially if it's wet. If I'm out there and it's wet, it just seems to freak out and go crazy like I'm running at some like uh, anaerobic level or something, and I'm not. I'm just cantering along. So I use a Polar OH1 Plus, so just around the, sort of the top part of my arm, and that seems to give me some really good readings. I've had that thing for about like four and a half, five years, something like that, and it keeps on working it's got reasonably good battery life and it's just consistent so it just gives me a a really good uh consistent reading and yeah that's one thing that i never leave home without well i do you know if i'm going to the cinema or something like that you don't need it <laughs> or you're, you're going to the pub you know you don't really need to monitor your heart rate levels there no but if, if there was anyone out there i expected to wear a heart rate strap on their arm to the pub it would be you well, you know, you could do it. It'd be an interesting video, actually, wouldn't it? You know, as you're, yeah. as you're playing pool. In fact, the only time that the GPS watch ever tells me to relax and take and, you know, do some recovery is while I'm in the middle of a pool match. So there you go. Running, any of that doesn't affect it. But when I'm playing pool, apparently that is the most pressured situation going. Um, yeah, yeah that, that says a lot. So may, I might actually do that, Tom. That could be a good... Yeah, that's test. A, a whole video. There's a whole, there. there's a whole video series. I'm guessing maybe. you're normally drinking and out when playing pool, though. You are very right, sir. <laughs> so I'm, I'm spotting links here, but I'll, I'll still watch the video. I'll still watch the video. All right, so that's the Polar... Is it OH, OH1? OH1. Is it the OH1 Plus? I think it's a, like a set, a new version, but they called it something else. But it's basically mm. the same product. The v- Versa or something? I don't know, something like that. I've got no idea. I've never, I've never used good. it. Very, very it. cheap, into it. very, very usable and just, yeah, it just keeps on going, which is, yeah, like mm. me. <laughs> All right, so we, you may have answered this already from your favourite shoes at the moment. What's your current rotation looking like? Um, yeah, it's not far off that, really. I have been using the uh, Magnify 2s, they're over here somewhere. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, I've been using these a lot, actually. Really enjoying these, yeah. um, just from a sort of multi-function sort of thing. I might try and take the, the Puma off here, actually. I am noticing... Not a fan of that. It just feels like it's a bit constrictive over the top of my toe. Because um, uh, okay. that's the only part that hasn't got that stretchy, stretchy. Yeah, neck. I haven't spotted that. Seems that, that seems like an odd addition to the uh, to the fabric. Aside from that, though, really liking this shoe. Um, it's a little bit lighter than some of those other sort of more maximally cushioned shoes as well, like the, the Nimbus 25 or the Invincible, actually. It's, it's coming in less than that, so... Just got a little bit more pop to it as well than the Invincible. So, yeah, a bit more usable, that one. Other shoe I'm really enjoying is that Rocket X2. It's I haven't tried many Hoka shoes the last couple of years, 
I think the last one I tried was probably like the Mac 4. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really enjoying the um, Rocket X2. Just really light, nimble, get a good lockdown on it. It just seems to hug, hug my foot better. Um, the problem I've had with Hoka shoes in the past is that the upper, I seem to have to cinch like the sides of the upper right across the top of my foot. I don't have a particularly narrow foot, um, but the upper is always a bit odd. But this one's spot on, so really enjoying that one. Um, mm-hmm. I've just got in the Pegasus 40. And I've got to be honest, I loved the midsole on the outsole on the 39 from a daily sort of knocking about perspective. And it's kind of doing the same thing, but slightly better with a slightly thinner upper. So I'm enjoying that so far. Have you have you raced in the Rocket X2 yet? I haven't raced in that yet. Um, it'd be good to try it. Have, have you gone out in that one, Tom, at all, racing? No, I'm doing a Hackney Half in two weeks. Oh, cool. Um, uh, with Hocker. So I will be wearing the uh, Rocket X2 there. But um, yeah, I, I like it. I'm just not sure if... My only concern is that it may not be cushioned enough for me. Okay. I know, I know, I know there's cushioning in it, but it feels like it's not as much as I'd normally want from, from my shoes. I've been running a lot in the Alfly and the Pro 3 for, for races over the past few months, and it might be a little bit too lean for me, but um, it might not be, and I'm looking forward to it. It, give it feels a quick. It feels nimble, that one, um, in such a good weight as well. Uh, but the upper, for me, it just feels like it's really connecting me with the, the actual midsole. Um, yeah. I think that's what, the, you know, an upper needs to do that. Um, people can yeah. say it's comfortable, it's plush or whatever, but it's just got to get you down on top of that midsole. And it makes yeah. it makes the midsole work. Sometimes uh, there are ratios that just doesn't doesn't happen, um, but yeah. that one it does for me at the moment. So, yeah, that's probably the, the three I'm kind of tinkering around with at the moment. All right. Well, then talking about races, you've done a few over over the past few years. What's your favourite one? Favourite one is a local race, actually, uh, the Martok 10K. So it's literally down the road, about, I don't know, probably no more than about eight miles away, something like that, maybe even less. Really fast route out in the countryside. Uh, You get a lot of people coming down, so some quick people coming from the local areas, from the uh, surrounding counties. And it's just a really nice route, not too many turns. It's literally like almost like a figure eight um, coming into the end. Uh, no laps or anything like that. It's just one sort of uh, you know point to point race, figure eight. It kind of feels a little bit like one of those old um, Skeletrix tracks, you know that you, get, <laughs> right. but you yeah. just you can just blast it all the way, and it's hardly any elevation on it at all, nice and flat. So yeah, it's a really good one to check out. Perhaps if you're down in that area, uh, yeah. in the Somerset area, come on down to the Martok 10K. It's a really good race and uh, good fun. Um, yeah, it's out in the countryside as well. Nice clean air, and uh, yeah. There's some good pubs in Martok as well, so there we go. Nice, love love a local race. Always, always my favourites. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. If you can get to a local one, also you don't have all the stress and sort of hanging about trying to get somewhere. Um, How am I going to get to the start? Where am I going to stay? How am I going to get back? All that kind of stuff. Your mind's kind of free, and sometimes you perform a bit better at those uh, if you're nearby. I just like the. uh, You know, you know when you you do these big races like you know Hackney Half and all these ones and. all the people working there, it's their job. Um, and you, you you know it's their job. And yeah. when you come and do these local ones, most of them like, are just people who just want to put on a race. They just yeah. love putting on a race. They've spent nights just sat going through the, the, the route and planning out how to get the bananas and everything. Yeah, I just like that. I always find that more enjoyable when you get to finish line. I very rarely do I say at the end, you know, finish line of a, a big race, like thanks to the organisers and stuff. But uh, it's always nice to see them at the end, just, uh, just pleased that, that it's worked. And yeah. people have got across the finish line with no issues. With Martok, it's, uh, it finishes right near the fire station in Martok. And the uh, firemen are normally out and they're squirting people with the hoses as they come through, yeah. you know, to cool them down. So I think that one's in like June. So it's not far off now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, yeah, a few weeks time. I'll definitely do that one. Regardless of what condition I'm in at the time, I will be there. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't miss it now. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's. Uh, okay, this is a big question. This is a very big question, which we discuss quite a lot on the channel, and it changes quite a bit. So we, this, we discuss this every year, and something crops up, and you know, there's a, there's a new there's a new answer. But what are going to be? What do you think are going to be the most exciting running shoe brands over the next year or next couple of years? I sort of look look at this one from sort of three perspectives. Really, you know, you can get rid of some of the brands and say who's been going backwards. Well, I think I think to be honest, Nike have gone backwards a little bit with some of their daily shoes, you know, the bread and butter shoes, they've just not been great. 
they've been okay. You know, they've been yeah. all right. If you think about Sokony, they had the Speed and the Speed 2, really great shoes. The Speed 3, it seems to have, they've kind of nerfed it a bit almost. It was almost like too good, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a very high-end shoe there that doesn't really seem to have taken off too much. So putting those two aside, Adidas got a load of problems at the moment, obviously surrounding the uh, Yeezy situation. They got a load of stock and a lot of money tied up and a load of things they can't sell. So hopefully running won't become a thing they kind of push to the side a little bit because, you know, they seem to have got a bit of traction here at the moment, you know, in terms of the podium positions. People are really aware about Adidas shoes um, at the moment. So, you know, they're kind of in the middle somewhere. Bit of a dark horse, depending what happens with the sale um, of the company from uh, Adidas itself, is Reebok. Um, Reebok have always had some interesting shoes. I really like the Run Fast series. They were great. You know, P-Backs, Midsole. This was way before anyone else was doing that as well. And you've got that uh, Energy X as well. That was a good sort of cruising sort of shoe with a carbon plate, very affordable for people as well. Let's not forget, people are pretty skint right now. Um, People are really struggling, in fact, in some areas. So I sort of look at them as a bit of a dark horse. Maybe they'll, it could go one of two ways, really, with Reebok. Um, But at the moment, Gotta say, Puma just doing things that are completely out there. Um, I mean, yeah, well, we've, we've seen you, some you, stuff. You, we know more than some people. We're not allowed to talk about it yet, um, and we won't be able to for some time yet. But there's some amazing stuff coming, interesting things, innovative things, stuff that is going to make people sort of go, you know, what, 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 what is that? You know, um, which is kind of cool. You know, that that's what people thought. When the Vaporfly first appeared, I can remember getting those shoes and going to like a local race and people looking at my feet and what the hell is that? You know, what are those? They look like like clown shoes. You know, you're going to wear those to run seriously. And now if you don't wear something like that, people are like, why aren't you wearing those? So it's that's that's where we've we've come with that. So something looks crazy. I remember the, seeing the Vaporfly next percent. Oh, you'll probably remember seeing that shoe and like really that's like the neck that's what it's going to look like and now that's just accepted the way oh, i saw i saw looks. somebody walking around down down at the seafront in in vaporflies the other day they definitely weren't going running or anything there you go i know on a lot of the sort of sneakerhead videos uh there's a guy called seth fowler he's you know, a real big sneakerhead he's done a video recently which is the 10 most comfortable sneakers all of them are running shoes every single one yeah. and this guy's normally got jordans and you know yeezys and things like that all of them were running shoes you know you had like new balance in there the invincible run uh asic stuff you know hokers they're, they're all there yeah. um so that's that's tra- it's kind of transcended across from running again back into the sort of casual area i guess on running um they could be the ones as well that could produce something really interesting um this mm. year i know that they've been improving in terms of the actual cushion that is available um, with the cloud surface. So, yeah, it, I think Puma and On, they could be the two that actually really make yeah. some moves this year. Yeah, I'd agree. We do, uh, in our awards at the end of the year, we we have a, a new award, which is Brand of the Year. And it's it's for, it can be any brand. It doesn't have to be running shoes. It can be watches and, or anything. But last year, it was it was just hands down Saucony. Everything that, yeah. that that brand released was exciting it was it was it was refreshing it was good don't think it's looking like it's going to go that way this year but i'd I'd agree with you on yeah puma and on it's uh yeah could go either way really yeah they got just there's a load of stuff coming um it's going to be really exciting especially with on picking up some you know major wins as well uh, with their athletes you know that's a that's a telling sign isn't it I don't think you could... People say, oh, you know, Kipchoge, he could wear a pair of Nike Pegasus and he could still win. I I think that he'd still struggle a little bit, you know. Yeah. That's not what the shoe's really designed for there. You know, the Alpha Fly is very much his shoe, isn't it? It's been designed by him. He's, you, we've seen all the notes and things that he's made about the shoes and the different prototypes. That's very much Nike's kind of Jordan brand now, isn't it, for running and they'll keep going with that for as long as they can, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, at least until, uh, you know, they properly sign up Kipton uh, <laughs> yeah, and, get, yeah. and get a special shoe for him because he looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, actually, you mentioned that with uh, sh- shoes making a difference. And 
I'm firmly in in the camp that shoes shoes do make a difference. Mm. You know, you, you I've I've raced because I've been testing. You know, I've, I've I've raced in shoes that I would never ever normally race in, and then weren't designed for racing. Like I raced in the Brooks Glycerin Twenty uh, last year, and yeah, that was not a PB race for me. That that was not a PB race. But we get a lot of comments where. And, and and people who I speak to are saying the shoe doesn't matter. It's 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 all you. But I'm not sure that's true. I think the shoe does make a difference. And and and, and it's a good example there. I'd love to see Kipchoge go and run uh, go and run a marathon wearing like um, you know uh, Brooks Ghost 15 or something. Really really see how he does in that because that that would be pretty conclusive. I think as well. Some of it is what people are using in training. So no one can tell me that if you if you're not using a, a, a good rotation of shoes um, with some really you know advanced cushioning that that's not going to help you avoid injury and uh, you know there's there's certain days yeah we all have them when we wake up and think I am absolutely out I'm empty here today you know what am I going to be able to do this there's certain shoes that you just put them on they're just firm they don't feel exciting they don't feel sort of like they give you the impetus to get out there yeah and i i do strongly believe those newer foams are helping people to remain injury free and they're helping the recovery even as well um so that people are improving you know the training's really important it's that the race bits the almost the fun bit isn't it you get to go and show what you've done it's a bit like, a, like the show and tell isn't it right this is what i've done here we go this is this is what it's going to be but if you're confident in that shoe and you know in yourself that you're at tip top condition and you're ready well that's given you a really good basis it's given you a head start isn't it almost so that's yeah. probably a bad phrase to use really with these super shoes it's giving you a head start <laughs> it sounds bad doesn't it <laughs> but i think yeah. I, you're right you're right tom certain things work for people don't they it's like yeah. a certain musician and a guitar, you know, just put those two people together and that produces beautiful sounds. It's the yeah. same as uh, using any tool. If you get the wrong screwdriver, you can't do up the, the bolts, can you? So it's it's the same thing. Certain tools just work for people. And when you yeah. get one that works for you, you just want to use it over and over. Exactly, yeah. And, then that's, and that's why people say, you know, what's the best calm plate ratio? I'm like, well, there, there isn't our best one. Because, you know, pe- people go, you see it on the videos we've, we've just put the Vaporfly 3. Some people are commenting, going, didn't like it, didn't enjoy it, prefer the Vaporfly 2, got faster time in the Vaporfly 2. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, That's how I it works. As, shoes work. As time goes on, I do think that that shoe, people will harness what it's got. I think it is a good shoe. Um, mm. Don't get me wrong. I think initially I, was, I wasn't totally blown away, but... I think that's a little bit with all the experiences of other things I've tried and then also getting to that point where Nike aren't quite as, uh, as ahead of everybody as uh, yeah. everyone's caught up a little bit now I think. Well they but, they do have this 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 seems to happen with Nike is always in a tricky position where if you look at some of the brands like Saucony normally when they release a new shoe it's a, a new shoe essentially like most of the time that you look at the elite that's not that's a completely new design completely new way to run so it's not really comparable and people try it and they go oh, I either like it or I don't like it if you if you Nike are in a really difficult position and they can't really change a lot they can only yep. tweak things and I suppose that's where the tempo comes in because that's one of the few occasions where they've tried something completely new and they haven't done it again so um yep. yeah it's, it's I think it's tricky with Nike and and, and that twice well, the vayfly 3 is a good example where some people and because it's slightly different people are a little bit not sure about it happened with the vayfly uh the Alphafly 2 and that's still going through this sort of phase of people aren't really sure about it um but it'll probably take a while for for as you say people to f- find out what why you'd buy it as opposed to the previous version yeah it's sometimes people you know they want the same thing and they want it over and over again a lot yeah. of the sneakerheads, you know, when they release a retro of like an Air Jordan, they want it to be exactly the way it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with race shoes, I think it's always this thing of, is it going to be that little bit better? You know, are we going to get a little bit more performance out of it? And uh, sometimes they make changes and they don't quite do it for the masses, but it might work, you know, brilliantly for Kipchoge. I mean, hey, look at some of the times he's got, you know, he's performed some of the most incredible uh, times he's, he's ever. He's not a bad runner. He's not a bad runner, He's done a few, he's done a few oh, good he's runs. He's not bad, is he? He's, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, certainly, uh, he's certainly right up there.
All right. Well, I've got I've got a question here for you, and a uh, nice simple one. Well, hopefully simple if you if you can uh, answer it. I'm going to give you three running shoe brands. Ooh, All okay. I want you to tell me with each one is the best thing about each one. Okay. So first one, Nike. I'm going to say Air because some of the best Nike shoes that I've used have a are a combination between some sort of cushion and Air, and mm. that that is still really great as a as a technology it's resilient it just keeps on giving the same sort of level of return as it had before um, whereas foams you know over time well i mean you can leave them in your conservatory and they can it can destroy them but air just seems to keep on going so that's that thing that's been there since the tailwind you know in the late 70s and it's still there now in like nike's you know flagship alpha fly shoe so yeah. Yeah, I think I think I go. Ah. Good answer. I wouldn't have thought you were going to say that, but there you uh, go. yeah, nice. All right then, uh, Saucony. Oh, I always think Saucony as the people's plated shoe. And I remember when the Speed came out, and there was this massive hype about the Speed. It was like I finally got it on foot, and it was like, wow, man, this is like absolutely amazing. Like this shoe is incredible. It's light. I can use it every day. It's not so rigid that it's kind of you know. I'm having to run at race paces all the time in it. It's brilliant. And yeah, it's that sort of less rigid, more usable basis. So I'd say, yeah, it's got to be Saucony Speed. That, that They they should reissue the first one. Just take it back to the first one. They'll sell bucket loads of them. Saucony, if you're listening, do it. You, I, you, you, I guarantee it, you'll sell loads of those. All right, last one, Puma. Um, I'd suggest it's a brand learning by their mistakes. That's a... That's a good thing to do, isn't it? So they're looking at things that how they can improve, and each iteration, I think, probably agree with me as well. Of their shoes so far, is just getting better. They're all slowly moving up, and that doesn't always happen. Sometimes we get like a a shoe that's absolutely great, and they make some changes to it, and it just takes it two, three steps backwards. You know, you're like, why did you do that? You know, the the song was a good song. Don't change the verses and the chorus. You know, and turn it into something else. People like it. So it, I think Puma are uh, learning by that. And they're also learning by other people's mistakes as well. So some of the other brands have made some some real stinkers. There's, there's a few I can think of right now that that I've I barely put like 10, 15 miles into. And I just thought, I, I don't want to wear these shoes anymore. There's no, I have no impetus to, to continue yeah, yeah. with this one. And um, this, there haven't been any of those. They're just constantly moving forward and doing something new which is fun as well when it comes yeah. to a shoe i mean you've got you've got some laces and upper you've got a some a bit of packing foam and a bit of rubber and some glue so when someone's doing something a little bit different it's like it's exciting you know putting mm. new things on and trying something different and yeah, yeah. it's not always going to stick but that's what yeah, you I want Pume's in a good position at the moment because it is a shoe, it, it doesn't really have a lot of legacy shoes that have like people buy every time. Mm. Um, and that what they're really doing is that it's given them a bit of space to go, right, we can just be inventive. Some of it's not going to work. Some of it might stick, but we can do that. And that's the opposite of Nike, isn't it? Nike can't do that yeah. because if a Nike releases three new shoes and none of them are like the Vaporfly, the Alphafly, the, the Invincible, suddenly everyone's going to be like, Nike's awful because you know, they've, the, they've still got these leading shoes. So yeah, I think it's a really... And the Saucony had it to an extent last year. They really revamped a lot, of, tried a lot of new stuff out, which was which was exciting. You, 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 Nike couldn't do the same thing with the Pro Three, the the Endorphin Pro Three that that Saucony did, because they basically said we're just going to redesign it. We're going to make yeah. it completely different. And everyone went, yeah, it's better, because nobody really loved the Pro Two, did they? So it was, a, yeah. it was, an, it, was a, it was an easy move to make. Whereas Puma haven't really, up until now, I think that's probably going to get harder for them now because there are shoes like the Deviate Elite nitro 2 where people are you know really liking that shoe and they're probably going to stick with it and then it'll be harder to to develop again because you know you've started to build that audience but absolutely um, yeah definitely puma's uh, in a very good position it's 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 exciting it's exciting when you see brands and honor going to be in this position as well where you know you're, you you can be innovative without risk really yeah and they're, because they're coming from a, a, a new place you know yeah. they don't have all the legacy there they they can afford to do something a little bit different. Plus, yeah. on seem to have really struck a chord with just the everyday people out there. I see people use, wearing on shoes everywhere. They're just yeah. everywhere right now. 
So yeah, <laughs> they're doing something right. All right. So big question for you. What do you think is going to be the next big technical revelation in running shoes over the next few years? You've had carbon plates. You've had, you know, modern Piba foams. What's coming up? Anything. It can be ri- ridiculous as hell. I'd suggest it's probably down to how can we improve the durability and the strength of the upper materials. So mm-hmm. where we've seen the um, Prime X strung, I did see a leaked image the other day of a Takumi Sen with the strung upper on it. I mean, that just take my money just right now. Just take my money. I'll buy one right now because I love that upper material. It's really, really great from all sorts of perspectives. It it cleans well. So yep. if you get it absolutely coated in mud, it's it looks good. You can clean it off quickly. It's re- it doesn't change over time. So sometimes you you'll know this. You'll put a shoe on within two or three miles. You got to stop and you got to relace it because the uppers get started to give, and and it's it's just not fitting anymore. So. Um, I don't get that with the strung upper. It just keeps really consistent over time. Um, and it's reasonably like uh, water resistant as well. So I think that that is going to be the big thing that people are looking into. I can see Soconia starting to try different things. I noticed there's a different upper on one of the versions of the Pro 3. Um, they've just thrown that on there, just totally out of out of the blue. And I think they did the same on the Speed 3 as well. So they're clearly testing some stuff out. And they formed for doing that as well last year with the um, with the Endorphin Pro Plus, was it? They did that that other version of the pro, of the Pro. It was sort of like a, a middle oh, ground yeah. between the two and the three. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I think upper material is going to be the thing where people are experimenting a little bit more. It'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see what On do because I know they've stuck with their very minimalist sort of style. But the only way they're going to get the shoes any lighter is by starting to reduce those materials there. So. I think we've got super light foams now and we've got about the right amount of rubber sort of depth. So I think that the upper materials will be the thing that people really try to change and be innovative with. All right, so final question for you. Actually, no, I've got one more question before we do the final question. And uh, each one of these podcasts, I am going to bring in one question from the audience because it might be more interesting than the ones I've thought of. But this one is, and I mentioned him when I met you in Boston, my friend Ollie, who's your biggest fan. So his question, which he bangs on about all the time because he's obsessed with the uh, Prime Strong X, is, is, is there ever too much stack hype? Now, when I first got the Prime X, I managed to get it on a really weird discount. I think someone had sent it back to a shop and then they, you know, stuck it back up on a, you know, on a discount and I grabbed it and... At the time, I couldn't run because I'd broken my shoulder, but I fractured it in two places after a dog lead tripped me up. That's a, another story anyway. But that shoe gave me back the ability to be able to run because it was so cushioned that it, it, the impact of me coming down on, on my, right, uh, my right foot, it just cushioned it enough that I could get out and do something. And that shoe connected sort of, you know, in my mind of, Wow, this is this has given me back what I couldn't do. You know, I should I shouldn't have really. I think I was three weeks in and I was told to rest and you know not really do an awful lot. But you know, when you're a runner, that that doesn't really go in, does it? No, that doesn't go not. in at all. You you're like, oh, I'll be all right. You know, I've only got you know one leg or something. I can oh, I'll just carry. <laughs> oh, I'll be fine. I'll just do an easy run. You know, but that gave me back that ability. So I could say, well, it's it's a ridiculous amount of cushion. I think it's about fifty four millimeters in my size, which is it's nuts, isn't it? It's it's like a, a glam rock shoe. It it's it's amazing. You know that shoe is great. It's so fun. I, I remember talking with um, Sam from Road Trail Run. He said, you know, what what shoe? If you could have one shoe, what would you have? And he said, yeah, it made me smile. It made me re- remember what sort of you know running's all about. At the end of the day, I'm enjoying myself. I'm out there, you know, getting some exercise and I'm getting some fresh air, um, and that that's kind of what that shoe does. But in a race, would I want to wear that shoe? I don't think I could because no race is going to be reasonably straight and not have any corners or turns in it. And it gets to a point where you're like, if I go at my half marathon or 10k pace around that corner in the Primex strung, am I going to make it around the corner? Yeah. And yeah, that's where it's a balance, isn't it? It's always this careful balance between the stack height and what you're going to get from it. 
just now you mentioned about is there enough cushion in this she for that for that race you're not you're not sure you're going to find out um but is it is it there you know is it going to be right for me is that going to work and we all in the back of our mind know what we kind of want and what we need and sometimes it's fun to test that theory and actually see if that comes out as 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 we actually perceive it to be um sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't but that's what makes it exciting and fun to try it but yeah i think at the moment until we can stabilize things a bit more yeah that's probably a bit much for a race for a lot of people now bear in mind six foot three do you want an extra 54 millimeters of stack underneath no because i can't even get through the beams you know in in my house with that on i have to bend down so i take it i take it any day <laughs> all right so in 10 years time what how high do you think stack's gonna get what's gonna be the highest stack shoe over the next 10 years oh goodness me i think if we look at basketball shoes now they're not getting any higher. In fact, people are going for a more conservative stack on those. And that was all about, you know, having stack height and air units and this, that and the other. They've realized actually it gets to a point where there's just no stability. There's no sort of lateral stability there at all. Now, as runners, we just want to run in straight line effectively and have the most minimal turns and going up and down hills in certain shoes isn't fun in any way. Uh, going down hills in the Primex Strung it's it's an experience you know you 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 almost feel like you're just breaking you know you're trying to break all the time because you're just flying forwards and you've got no control yet you do the same thing in perhaps like the adios pro 3 and it feels fine it feels good in fact going up hills in that she feels fantastic so yeah it's how far we go i don't think it will go much further i think it will start to go down to specific materials they'll try to get you know the right foam formulas correct um to get the maximum performance um i think it's that balance again between the three sort of main bits really well if, if one comes out 100 millimeters i'm taking it for weddings and stuff <laughs> For wedding. <laughs> all right last question then now this question it, it sounds like it may be specifically designed for you but this is actually for everyone, because what I'm going to do is uh, create a playlist of all of the friends of the run testers' uh, top picks. So you got three three song choices to listen to. You got to listen okay. to all. That's all you get for a marathon. You got to listen to all three of them on repeat for the whole marathon. What are you going for? I think the marathon is quite an emotional event because you go through all sorts of feelings. You you want to get started, and once you go in, everyone's like, "Yeah, cheering you on," and everything's feeling good, and then you get into a rhythm and then it starts feeling tough and then you've got to find something from somewhere else. So you're going to kind of need three songs to kind of adjust the energy levels, I suppose. So at the start, you want something to keep you reasonably relaxed and kind of calm. So I go for a long track because that means you obviously don't have to listen to it quite as many times. So uh, Marquee Moon by the band Television, uh, New York band, um, really awesome guitar playing kind, kind of the two guitars are intertwined with each other i think the strokes were quite uh influenced by television in terms of the way that the guitars work that's a great track and there's loads of sort of different parts to it as well so you got a good 10 minutes 46 seconds um of marquee moon it's a good jukebox track actually tom if you ever go in the you know you go in the jukebox you want to hog it for a while put marquee moon on by television and you, you've got it for 10 minutes after talking with uh, Ned Brockman in Boston, it just makes me realise how many runners love ACDC. Um, so I'd have to have some ACDC on there. Uh, Down Payment Blues, that's my favourite one. You know, we've all been in that situation where, you know, you're looking at your pay packet and going, oh, well, I'll never get to see that because it's all going out on this and it's going out on that and, and something else and it's gone. And yeah, everyone's had the Down Payment Blues from one time to another. So I'd stick that one on there. And of course, I really love my dance music, so I need a bit of a um, a break from the guitars. So I'll probably go Everybody in the Place by The Prodigy. But it's got to be the Fairground remix, which is the one everybody actually remembers uh, rather than the single version for some reason. So, Is that your finisher? That's what you could cross in the finish line with? Well, I, I kind of depend. You'd have to sort of adjust your pace, wouldn't you? So you get there if they're playing on a loop over and over. Again. <laughs> you've got to time it well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really got to get your pace in right. But yeah, Make sure you've got the right version. So a nice slower track there from from television and a couple of more up for it sorts of numbers. I think that'll probably just about do it. Yeah, about 20 minutes. There you go. So you don't have to endure 
few well, iterations that, of it. Well, that's for, for for me. That's that's the full park run done. That's why that's go. my park run playlist for Saturday sorted. Park run playlist jobs are good. And, and if I get a PB, I'll let you know. There you go. It could be. It's the PB maker. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks, thanks, thanks for joining us. Thank today. you. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you again, Tom. Um, I know we had a great time over in Boston, yeah. um, meeting up with you there. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed myself there, and I think everyone had a good time there. But it was great yeah, to meet well, you then, and been a, been great chatting with you again. It's kind well, of we should have recorded more stuff there because I think we, we spoke about running shoes for about twelve hours. So uh, <laughs> oh, that yeah. could have been a, another ten episodes done. There's some gold um, there, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd have, to, I'd have to heavily edit it because uh, yes. we were drinking quite a bit over there. But yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, if um, listeners want to find you, I, I imagine they already know how to find you anyway. If they're searching for running shoe reviews, you're, you're definitely going to come up. But um, I'll add the links to your YouTube channel. Uh, you don't really Fantastic. use Instagram, do you, that much? Um, I go on there from time to time. There's, there's just a sort of a lot of people... Uh, on Instagram, uh, you know, taking pictures of their legs and things like that's a bit, a bit odd. <laughs> I tend to avoid that sort of thing. I just keep it with the shoes, Tom. I keep it with the shoes. You always yeah. stick with the shoes. Yeah. Well, you're, I'll, you're I'll put the way. links. Yeah, I'll put the links <laughs> in the, the caption, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, catch up again soon. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so, I appreciate man. it. Thanks a lot for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget that we've got loads of new videos up on the channel to watch, and we'll have a new podcast coming out in the next few weeks. Catch you later. This episode of the podcast was presented by Tom Wheatley. His guest was Ed Budd. The music is by Fear of Tigers.